You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hello, Jamie here. If you've been enjoying the podcast and want to show your support, I have a brand new Patreon page. And signing up will grant you access to the Right and Wrong Discord server, where you can interact directly with many of the authors, agents and editors who have been guests on the show. You can also interact with me and see what guests are coming up so you could maybe suggest questions that I could ask them. Thanks again for listening. And I really do appreciate any and all support that you guys give me for the podcast. Let's get back to it. So our podcast is called Right and Wrong. Are these your notes? These. <laughs> these are your notes about what we're going to say. Uh, anything. Nailed it. It's a short answer. <laughs> so how many novels did you not finish? Oh my prior? God, so many. <laughs> it was perfect. What are you talking about? This is nonsense. Ooh, a spicy question. I love it. <laughs> this is it, guys. The big secret to getting published is you have to write a good book. You better hear first. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to the Right and Wrong podcast. On this week's episode, I am joined by author, podcaster, photographer, and early 2000s YouTube sensation, Julia Boggio. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I love that intro. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) um, I mean, it's a a great claim to fame. And then I, I wasn't familiar with the video. Obviously, I had to look it up and then I was like, wow, this is <laughs> this is old school YouTube right here. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, we ended up being like one of the first um, viral videos yeah, way, way back yeah. when you used to talk about viral videos around the water cooler. Now they're just a dime <laughs> a dozen, you know. But Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, thanks so much for, for, for coming on. Um, before we before we we can go down that rabbit hole later on and, and hear all about how you ended up <laughs> dancing with. Patrick Swayze uh, on Oprah. But let's start with um, writing, publishing. That's what the podcast is about. You have your debut novel, Shooters, coming out. Uh, it's it's not out yet, but it will be out when this airs. Tell us all about it. Well, uh, so what, what Jilly Cooper did for show jumping and riders, Shooters does for <laughs> wedding photography. That was my pitch line. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so um, basically, it's about a, a woman named Stella Price, and she decides she's going to change careers because she's made some bad life choices. Uh, but she has limited funds to survive on, so she needs to start making some money fast or else she's going to end up living back with her parents in Wales. Um, so... The, but then the one man that sh- who can teach her everything that she needs to know is the one man she should avoid, lest she repeat <laughs> the mistakes of her past. So yeah, that's it. Excellent. That's <laughs> Great. It, it's uh, well, Amazon describes it as a s- sassy, sizzling romantic novel with yeah. uh, about wedding photographers, which you used to be. Yes, yes. So I used to be a wedding photographer. So there is a lot of. Um, well, they say your first book is is the most autobiographical. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. And, uh, you know, my character may have started out as a medical copywriter uh, and then turned into a <laughs> photographer, but she has red hair. So it's definitely not me because oh, I'm a okay, brunette. Okay. So it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> She'll become an author soon as well, I, I imagine. <laughs> that's that's in book three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are there... I'm always curious about stuff like this, where it's it's obviously inspired by, and people always say write what you know. So it's it's you know it's a good thing to do. 
with you know you being a wedding photographer are there bits in shooters that are um sort of very close to things that you actually sort of saw or experienced at weddings where you were the photographer yeah so there's a definitely a few touches in there um <laughs> so i i there's there's this one wedding that she goes to shoot and she gets there and she's wearing a white blouse and the wedding planner says no you can't wear white the bride has said no one's allowed to wear white and i had that at a wedding like oh. The bride forbade anybody from wearing white at the wedding except for her. So like even just a little bit. Oh, okay. So like, I, I thought that was a that was a fun detail. Stick that yeah. in there. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the little things that people are like, oh, that would never happen. It's like, well. Yeah, exactly. It did. <laughs> it did fiction. happen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your photography career has gone far beyond uh beyond just just weddings you were um creative director at a studio in london you wrote a column for photo pro magazine you won the swpp's children's photographer of the year twice in a row Mm. what made you decide to change lanes and move into into writing well i've always wanted to be a writer so ever since i was a little kid um Mm -hmm. i've written but i think that yeah, I, I think I, I go back and I look at the stories that I wrote when I was younger, and I just I, I felt like I needed more life experience before <laughs> I, I took that route. So yeah. it's been sizzling in the back. I mean, I was a copywriter, as I said, out of out of university, um, and that was kind of getting my writing yayas out. But I was a medical copywriter, which wasn't exactly you know the madman sort of uh, vision that I had had. Yeah. So um, then I discovered photography while I was traveling through South America and I came back from that trip and I retrained and I, I made the leap and I was a photographer for 15 years. And, you know, by the end of my career, I was working with a very high end client. You know, I worked with, you know, foreign royalty and, and uh, the Chelsea and Mayfair set and, oh. and all that kind of stuff. And um, I think I I, I just it wore me down after a little while. It just wore me. Yeah. It gave me great material though. Great material. I had, I had that experience I was looking for. Uh, and, and I just, uh, I was sitting, uh, funnily enough at the SWPP conference where I am launching the book as well. And, um, I was, I was sitting there with a friend and I told her, you know, I really think, I think I want to start writing romance stories about photographers. And she said, Oh, you want to be the Jilly Cooper of photography? And I was like, yes. And in that second, literally the the title the story the characters popped into my head and i was off and that was it and That's photography awesome. was forgotten <laughs> yeah that was so. it threw the cameras in the bin we're done yeah. here <laughs> yeah <laughs> i got the laptop i'm sure um i'm sure julie will be over the moon that she's been used as a reference point here <laughs> yes yeah yeah <laughs> and so you, you you mentioned that you have you had written stuff before before shooters was it all romance or did you kind of experiment with different stuff i actually wrote mostly fantasy okay yeah because that's sort of my other genre that i really love and i I will probably visit at some point throughout my writing career um oh god though i i remember i was writing this story in university about these water goddesses and whatnot (laughs) and i let some of my friends read it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i actually wrote the line she clammed up like an oyster. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like I said, I needed I needed some time to season. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think all I think all authors do in a way. I think that's one of the big why most authors are are older 
is is, is so much of it yeah. because it, it is just life experience it's not necessarily the so skill. many come to it in their 40s 50s even 60s yeah. 70s you know um but I, I have actually another funny story um so when i was in university i was taking this creative writing class and i wanted to take another class with the same teacher but i wasn't technically allowed so i had to get his permission and i went to him to fill in my form and he said to me uh, I, had, I had written some stories in the past class about this wizarding school, funny enough. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, and I went to him for the permission form, and he he looked at me and he said, "You know, Julia, I think you're going to write the great American novel one day, but please, no more of those wizarding stories." And he signed my form. <laughs> Harry Potter came out the following year. Oh, <laughs> it really taught me. You know, you really need to just write what you want to write. That's it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because you, 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 I've talked about this lots of times on the podcast. If you try and chase the trends, especially now, because I feel like now more than ever, the trends pass so they quickly. They change on a dime, you know, yeah. just in and out. You'll so. never, uh, and the speed of publishing, you'll never have finished that book, submitted it to agents or probably publishers in time for it to come out within like that, <laughs> that cycle. Trend. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Then you missed it and then and then you're... Washed out before you even got started. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You've got to write, got to write what you want to write. And then exactly. that always comes through on the page as well. If you're excited about the thing you're writing, it'll come through in the words and the, and the phrasing and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I will say it's funny that you, so you're romance writer. Um, this first book shooters is a, is a rom-com, uh, but you also fantasy from what I've heard, um, from various people in publishing, including agents, is uh, romanticy is, mm. is a very big up and coming trend. So oh, it's, it's not be... even up and coming. It's the, oh, it's already it's arrived. Already. <laughs> it's arrived. Yeah. I mean, anyone on TikTok knows, <laughs> knows that yeah, is definitely, yeah, it's it's here. It's here. <laughs> Amazing. Are you, are you very active on, are you an active TikToker? I am working on it. I, I got really into it. So yeah, I, I started getting into it last year and it's quite intense yes. TikTok, you know, and I joined all these Facebook groups about how to, you know, get more followers and then how to TikTok, you know, for authors and, and just the advice coming at you was one person would say one thing, the next person would say the other thing. And mm-hmm. yeah, and it was just so much information and, um, I just had to take a break. I had to take a mental health break from it. Uh, but I'm getting back into it now. In fact, I've just um, been using TikTok to get loads of uh, arc readers for for shooters. Oh, so that's great. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I got about I got about thirty arc readers through that. So and I but I don't even know how many arc readers are a good number of arc readers. <laughs> I have no idea. I, no. I would imagine it has a. It's one of those things that probably varies wildly from yeah. book to book. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, people don't know what an arc reader is. It's it's somebody who reads an advanced copy of your book. And then the idea is that they will go and leave a review for you somewhere like Amazon, Goodreads, those sorts of places. Um, yeah. But I guess in theory, the more the better, right? Yeah, the more the better. But I don't want to have too few. I think that's just my fear, you know, <laughs> yeah. like too few. You know, it's it, I just... Uh, trying to rack them up anyway. I've got 16 so far on Goodreads. So. Okay, well, that sounds good. <laughs> that sounds like a good number. I've seen lots of books with fewer reviews than that on Goodreads. So. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> okay, those are just the arc reviews. Then, then when the when the when the proper ones come out, then you'll be you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, the hope, anyway. That's the hope, definitely. So you are you are using TikTok a bit. Let's get back onto uh, actual publishing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd written bits and bobs, but 
Had you written fantasy? Uh, sorry, you you written fantasy. Had you written much romance before Shooters, or was Shooters your first? Like, I'm going to write romance. <laughs> well, uh, so I read a lot of romance as a teenager, and uh-huh. I did try my hand at writing uh, some sex scenes, uh, <laughs> and I, I wrote them out, and I um, then you know I stuck the pages into an atlas in my bedroom. And forgot about it. And then I went traveling in Italy over the summer to see my relatives. And my stepmother had this urge to know exactly where in Italy I was. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so up she went to my room and she got the atlas out and she found my my pages and she read them to my father as he was shaving. Oh, and, gosh. Uh, <laughs> I think we're all lucky he's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So that was my earliest foray into writing romance. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you've Um, come a long way since then. I've come a long way. I've learned not to use the word phallus um, in Uh writing sex scenes at all. It's a bad, bad word to use. That's a bad habit you picked up from the medical copywriting. Obviously, yes, (laughs) yes, yeah. Too technical. (laughs) That's the the trick with that. You can't be too technical. Um, so is is Shooters the um, you're you're signed with uh, Katie Greenstreet at Paper Literary? Is, mm-hmm. is Shooters the book that you submitted and signed with? Well, uh, well, there's a story there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, yes, Katie was a fantastic agent, and she was so enthusiastic about the book, and she sent it out to all the publishers that we wanted to work with. And um, they all came back going, yeah, we love it. This is great, but we're not going to take it. Yeah. And the reasons that I got, there were two really. One was, oh, we already have a wedding-themed book on our mm-hmm. uh, on our list. So I guess it's like the Highlander. They, there can only be one. Um, <laughs> and then the other one that I got was that in the rom-com space, they were only looking to sign younger writers with oh. a better chance of going viral on TikTok. Wow, that is ageist. It is completely ageist. I'm 48 <laughs> years old, you know, yeah. and yeah, and I mean, I did look into it. I looked at you know all, all the other romance authors that have gone viral, and they are all under 45 and mostly under 40. Um, yeah, but I think I think the problem in publishing is you know we. I was interviewing Joanne Harris once, and she said something that I has really stuck with me, and it was. Um, that publishing doesn't know what they want until they have it and they don't know what will sell until it's sold. And (laughs) I feel like, you know, you've got a bunch of people kind of feeling their way and guessing, you know, I mean, I've spoken to a lot of people in publishing, uh, people who sit around that table uh, where the decisions are made. And I've told them the story and they said, yep, I've heard that one before. (laughs) Yeah. So it, it came as a surprise to absolutely nobody. Um, And, and, you know, they said the reasons that, really good books get turned away are just ridiculous. Um, But, you know, there you have it. And I guess there's only so many books that can be published, but thank God for self-publishing. Yeah. So so that's what I'm doing because... Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Yeah, because, uh, you know, 
I, I'm really actually glad that I've gone the self-publishing route because I think I would have, I have a degree in marketing. I ran mm-hmm. my own business for 15 years. Uh, I like having control over how my brand is sort of put out there. And self-publishing gives me that control. And having spoken with a lot of friends of mine who are traditionally published, there's a lot of frustration that I've heard from them about like, oh, I've put this book out there, but then they don't put any marketing spend before it. So their book is just out there with nobody buying it. And they don't feel like they themselves have the power to, to, to market it, you know, without checking things with the department and whatnot. So, um, so I think that doing it myself is just giving me that freedom. I think I would have gotten frustrated with um, publishing house marketing teams because, I mean, I can't talk about everything I'm doing, but I've got some amazing things coming up for the launch of this book. And I, I just probably wouldn't have been able to do any of them if I were signed under a traditional contract. So, yes. Yeah, because you'd have you'd have to sort of run things up the chain of command and get exactly. sign off and from and, and one reason I work for myself is because I make a very bad employee. <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah, I like I like being in control of that. But the marketing is intense. Yeah, it's it's basically full time, right? You you're becoming a marketer for yourself. Oh, you are completely. You know, I, I wake up at five AM to write and then because I know that that's the only time that I will have in the day to sit down and put pen to paper, so to mm. speak. Um, and then, because I've got two young children as well, six and 11 and um, yada, yada, yada. And then the marketing for this and the podcast as well. You know, I mean, I've got, I've just, <laughs> I have a lot on my plate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there a lot of sort of um, pre kind of prep learning stuff that you needed to do that you wanted to do, I guess, going into self-publishing? Well, God, I feel like I've done a degree. You know, I it, it, there's just so much many decisions you have to make. You know, do mm-hmm. I go wide? Do I go uh, exclusive with KU? All, you know, all kinds of things that you need to decide for yourself. But you know, you come up with a strategy. I wrote a marketing plan. Uh, I'm a big believer in marketing plans. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, yeah, just slowly. Yeah, I'm doing what I can do. Yeah, I, yeah. I, there's only so much that I can do, as, and I've had to accept that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> myself, but um, yeah, no, it's uh, it is intense. What would you say to um, someone who 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 was who was thinking about self-publishing and 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 sort of from a very starting point, say, like, you know, wh- where should I begin? What's the first thing that I need to figure out, understand in self-publishing? Well, definitely, the first thing you need to uh, decide is where you're going to publish it. Um, so there's two ways there's wide and there's narrow, I guess let's call it. Um, wide is when you allow loads of different publishers to have it like a uh, Kobo, Apple, Google, you know, blah, blah, blah. And narrow is when you would just go through, uh, Amazon. Okay. What's the benefit of, of just going through Amazon? Well, you don't have an audience yet. Yeah. Okay. So you're trying to build an audience. And if you go into Ke- uh, Kindle Unlimited, then, yeah. uh, you know, you get paid on how many pages people read in oh, Kindle Unlimited. So it's an income, you know, that's first and foremost. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, you're just getting it out to a wider audience. However, the downfall of that is that you're not in control of that audience. So uh, Amazon, is, you know, they have all the details. You don't get any of those. You don't know who's buying your book and you can't really communicate with them. So, um, 
moving forward off, you know, onto the second book, that's when I'm going to go wide because then you have a lot more control over where your book is and you can, you know, people can interact with you more and you can get your newsletter list going and, and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, that's kind of my, that's, that's my strategy anyway. I'm sure that there are people who stick with Kindle Unlimited through their whole career and, you know, do Facebook ads and Amazon ads and, and just run their career through that. But, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of at the, at the mercy of Amazon then. And um, I don't know, that's something about that doesn't sit hundred percent right with me. Yeah. No, I I know exactly what you mean, because yeah, they could just change a single policy, and then that could uh, exactly in some they could way, change your royalty you. percentages, anything, you know, and um, and you know, and then and then that's that. But uh, I've actually written, um, so I've been documenting all the marketing that I've been doing on my blog on my website, so that other debut authors can look and just see. I mean, even traditionally published authors, you know, go and have a look at all the stuff I've been doing because. Um, you know, there's a lot and you can pick and choose the things that you actually want to do for your book. So, yeah, no, it's really, and it's interesting to see with self-publishing sort of becoming, um, a much more prevalent, uh, thing in, in the publishing landscape, I think with, mm. I mean, if you look at the, I don't know if anyone paid attention to this, but, uh, uh, penguin went trying to buy or trying to merge with um simon and schuster and that got blocked. <laughs> i think but, we were all paying attention to that <laughs> <laughs> but, they, but they made a lot of reference to like self-publishing and kickstarters talking about like brandon sanderson getting the biggest oh, kickstarter God, yeah. of all time and like that was a huge sort of def- in defense of oh you need to let big publishing like merge and mm. get monopolies and stuff so you that's that kind of just tells you how big self-publishing is becoming and it's then there's huge. all these sort of um these these like more disruptive sort of pseudo um traditional publishers like bookature and stuff oh, yeah. who are doing things which is like it's kind of like traditional but it's also kind of not also traditional it's mm. it's exciting i think there's some 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 cool new stuff coming out in uh, in publishing yeah there's a lot of flux right now and i i think it is a good time to self publish you know i've actually gotten involved with the alliance of uh, independent authors i'm, I'm an mm-hmm. ambassador for them um and you know the 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 figures that they've sent me from studies that have been done there really is like if you look at the ratings of traditional and self-published books online there's like the the tiniest of differences yeah. both at the high end and at the low end that's true so you know the, and there is definitely a snobbery out there about self-publishing you know i've heard oh god this is the, the thing being on twitter you know you hear you hear not twitter sorry uh, tiktok um, you hear a lot of stories, you know, they, um, there was one lady who said she went into a talk with a traditional, traditionally published author. And he said that if you're self-published, you're not published, you're just in print. Wow. That's, hmm. I, the thing is, I think where it comes from, I think, and this is, I'm just kind of, and and I know it, it was, it used to be very frowned upon to be self-published, but I think it's because people, I guess people imagine it's like when you self-publish, they're thinking, oh, you're just writing a first draft. You haven't got a clue what it is. And you literally mm. just put it straight on Amazon. But yeah. so like what they're kind of not realizing is yes, that can happen. But also there's nowadays you can, you can pay, you know, you can have an editor, uh, you mm. know, a professional editor who's worked at lots of different publishing houses. You can have like, you can pay a freelance artist to do an incredible cover piece. You can get all the copywriters, you can get, you know, what all the stuff that a publishing house 
has and like does to for the actual I'm, I'm just talking about the, the book itself you know the quality mm. of the book yeah. you can do all of that very like freelance on an individual like basis and there's also companies that will that provide that whole service to you completely completely and i mean if you if if anyone out there is thinking of being self-published definitely go along to the uh, alliance of independent authors website because the amount of support and information that is in there is you know you don't need anything else yeah mm-hmm. and there's you know there's a facebook group if i have a question i go in and i ask it and somebody who's published you know, hundred books. I don't know. They'll come on and they'll, yeah. they'll answer it for me. So it's, um, it's great. And also, I mean, I'm also a member of the uh, Romantic Novelist Association, which again is, you know, if, if you're whatever genre you're writing in, try to join an association that is uh, related to it because there's lots of support and help in there as well. Yeah. 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 The RNA are great. I've, I've done lots of, um, lots of interviews with members of the RNA and, and, and work with them through some of their award shows and stuff. And they are one of the, the sort of best, most supportive, um, hmm. genre based, uh, associations, I guess. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of RNA romance, <laughs> you're writing romance, you're working on, you've just confessed that you're working on something new, which you're going to go <laughs> wide instead of tall. Um, is it going to be more, more romance, a similar kind of theme? Well, yeah, it's actually a trilogy. Okay. So, so yeah, so Shooters is book one. The second one is called F Stop, uh, which is another <laughs> photography, photography phrase, but it also kind of has another, yep. <laughs> which I won't <laughs> say. Um, and and then the last one is called Exposure. Well, working title is Exposure, uh, but that's okay. book three. So, um, so, yeah, I'll get those three sort of out of the way and, and published. And then I've got some, I've got some other ideas that still take place in that same universe, Um but then I've got other ideas as well that I, I am keen to explore. So, so we'll see. It sounds like your your fantasy roots are kind of showing their their, <laughs> their heads with with the way that you've structured this romance trilogy universe. Yeah, my, my universe. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Marvel universe, better watch out. Yeah, exactly. Shooters is coming for you. <laughs> Would you? I mean, we did touch on it earlier, but. Um, once once you finish with this trilogy, which is rom-com, do you think you'll ever go back to something like fantasy, maybe a different genre, maybe a different age group? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I'm not I don't know about age group, but uh definitely different genres. I just think, yeah, you know, I, I mean I it's difficult because when you're building a career, a self-published career, you kind of need to give the audience what they're expecting from you. Yeah. But by that same token, I mean, romance readers are some of the most widely read readers out there. And, you know, if I write something that it's a little bit more women's fiction or literary fiction, I think that there'll still be an audience. Um, you know, my audience will still read that. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll give it a go. We'll see where I, see where I land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's also the beauty of romance. And I know romance isn't often uh, frowned upon genre, which is totally unjustified because I feel like I like I write fantasy. I'm writing fantasy right now. That's the mm. current the current manuscript I'm working on. But just like there's there's a big romance plot, like subplot that runs through the whole thing. That's great. So, like romance is in so many um stories that people just kind of overlook and then and then they sort of look down their nose and be like, Oh, you you're just you're just reading romance, are you writing romance? Well and often, you know, it's that romantic thread that is the one that really hooks the reader. Yeah. Yeah. And and keeps them turning the pages. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Romance is everywhere. I don't I, I don't understand the snobbery towards that either. No, it's it doesn't just, make sense. 
No, but people that they like to feel superior about something. You know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> ugh, whatever. It is what it is. Exactly. It is it is. Exactly. <laughs> and, and with that, I think that brings us to um, what is always the the final question, which is one that I'm sure that you have uh, asked and thought about many, many times through, through on your own podcast, Two Lit Chicks. And that is, uh, Julia, if you were stranded on a desert island with a single book, which book would you take with you? Now, I think that you're probably going to tell me this isn't allowed, but um, <laughs> I looked it up on Amazon and you can get this as a single volume. Okay. But uh, I was going to say Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you can get it as a single volume? You can oh, get it as a it. single volume. I mean, it's I'm so lucky that when, when the ship went down, I happened to have that with me. And when I washed up on the island, I was clutching it um, as a flotation device. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I think Lord of the Rings. Cause it's, How many pages is that? That's a There's lot a of pages. <laughs> That's a lot of pages. Like I could, I could probably I also kill kill food with that. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You could hunt with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could so, make traps. <laughs> so it's a very, it's a very practical choice as well. So. <laughs> That's great. And I am fascinated to see how big that book is. I'm going to look it up when we're done. <laughs> um, but I mean, Lord of the Rings, always, always a classic. The sort of the, the grandfather of fantasy in many, many ways. Nice yeah. to see you going for your fantasy roots there. Yeah, well, you know, it gets the imagination going. So Yes, of course it does. Of course it does. Well, thank you so much, Julia, for coming on the podcast and um, talking about your, your new book and the things that you've been doing and uh, just sharing your experience. It's been really great chatting with you. Great. Thank you for having me on. And for anyone wanting to keep up with what Julia is doing, you can follow her on Instagram and, and Twitter at Julia Boggio or on TikTok at Julia Boggio Writer. Uh, Shooters is out and available for you to buy as of this going live. So uh, so what are you waiting for? Go get it. <laughs> of course, check out Julia's podcast, Two Lit Chicks, uh, where Julia and Edward interview authors about the books that changed their lives. It's really interesting stuff, um, and I, I definitely recommend it. To make sure you don't miss an episode of this podcast, follow along on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook for ad-free episodes and some exclusive benefits. Head over to the Patreon and for more bookish discussions check out my other podcast the chosen ones and other tropes thanks again to julia for coming on the show and thanks to everyone for listening we'll catch you in the next episode pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from mcdonald's Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.